Welcome to Bramasol's Insights to Action podcast library of topics covering regulatory compliance, reporting, disclosures, financial management, and financial transformation technologies. Bramasol is the leader in SAP-based finance solutions and the co-innovator with SAP on developing and deploying purpose-built compliance capabilities. Learn more about Bramasol at www.bramasol.com. Uh, hello, this is Jim Hunt for Bramasol's Insights to Action podcast series. Today, uh, I'm really excited we have John Froelich back with us, uh, Senior VP of Digital Services at Bramasol. And he is also the prime evangelist for our topic today, which is the digital solutions economy. Welcome, John. Good to have you back. Hi, Jim. Uh, fantastic to be back. Um, I'm excited to talk about this topic because we've been talking with uh, lots of customers and lots of folks from industry and SAP, and I'm excited to share some uh, learnings and perspective. Right. And, and this will probably be an overview uh, because mm -hmm. we have limited time and lots of moving parts to the digital solutions economy, but hopefully we can get a good overview for the listeners today. So maybe you can start off by describing what is the digital solutions economy and how is it different from this term subscription economy that we keep hearing? Yeah, that's a great question, Jim. You know, we, we've all been hearing about the subscription economy. Uh, and frankly, you know, subscriptions have been around for a long time. And what we've observed or believe is that the digital solutions economy is the next evolution of the subscription economy. So we talk about it from the perspective of we know that people have been doing subscriptions for a long time. You know, if, if you know, folks like you and I who've been around a little bit uh, know that you have subscriptions like magazines and newspapers, uh, but we had TV subscriptions. Uh, subscription has been around a long time and essentially all they are is really you pay up front or you make a regular payment for access to something, whether that is a good. Um, so, you know, like a magazine or a newspaper uh, or people have subscriptions, uh, wine subscriptions, they belong to a wine club and they get curated uh, wines in the mail every month um, or a service. Uh, simply put, and if you think about it, there are lots of different services that you can have. Uh, my lawn service is an example of a subscription service, right? I pay a monthly fee and a guy shows up every two weeks to work on my lawn. So that's, you know, examples of services. And those services can be, you know, security services, um, maintenance services, uh, all kinds of different things. And then finally, this idea, and I think people don't understand the idea of privilege. And, and your gym membership might be an example of a privilege. You have the privilege of going to the gym. Um, Peloton is an example of something that's more of a privilege. You buy the bike, but then you pay a subscription to have the privilege of getting up uh, and sweating to death with your favorite individual. Uh, but there's more than that. And you know, we talk about XASS, um, something as a service, and so many companies are offering, we think of software as a service, but you can think of anything as a service. From a technology perspective, of course, we have infrastructure as a service. We have platform as a service. Um, SAP, through its new RISE program, has business transformation as a service. But that's something that you, you pay only as you use, right? You pick a bunch of users and do that. But it also included in that are five other areas, and I'm sure the, the world will continue to involve uh, entitlements. 
Uh, I'm a gamer. Uh, I also love um, classical music and music content. So I sign up monthly for Apple Music. Uh, and that gives me entitlements to download or take um, on content. The same thing is true of games or digital content. You know, if you're if you're McAfee and you're selling or Adobe and you're selling uh, software, you have to understand from the package that I bought, what entitlements does that individual have with their license and how do you manage that, right? You have dynamic pricing models. The classics always in the past, I mean, we all know commodities, but real dynamic pricing models, airfares, hotels now with hotels.com, uh, priceline.com. Uh, many other companies are providing dynamic pricing models based on levels of subscriptions uh, or usage. We have outcome-based models based on an outcome. Um, you know, classic ones of those, of course, were construction, uh, but if you think of Hewlett Packard, uh, or even more so companies uh, like Lexmark who offer printers uh, and they do those as an outcome. You pay for the number of pages printed per se, not necessarily uh, the value of that printer. We have usage and consumption-based models. Um, those are more uh, the kinds of models that are uh, you pay up front and you use it up. Your classic teleco is an example of that. Um, but you can have plenty of other usage models out there uh, for things as sophisticated as uh, rail cars. Uh, you use, you buy a, a, some mileage. And, and interestingly enough, um, insurance companies and others are moving to that kind of a usage base. So if usage consumption is just the same thing, only you, know, you don't pay up front, you pay in arrears. You consume it and then you pay for it. And finally, something we're seeing coming up in these partnerships is revenue sharing models. So imagine uh, a, a large warehouse company that offers warehouse services has a revenue sharing model where they not only make available to you the space in the warehouse, uh, but they, they have a revenue sharing where they have uh, an organization who manages that warehouse or you know, does the on the ground work for you uh, and provides forklifts and other kinds of uh, material movement equipment and it's a revenue sharing model in which they provide a bundle but they share that revenue across a bigger thing so point being you know jim you know it's not just about subscriptions this is a a move to where there are many different ways to engage uh, and now that the this engagement's required we're moving to more of a customer driven model yeah and I, i'm glad you mentioned customer driven because that that seems to be from our previous discussions one of the big changes with the digital solutions economy is the customer is now in charge and yep. they want it the way they want it and to be successful companies no matter which of those that list of six or so different types of models or mix of models yeah. they're offering companies need to have the flexibility and the back end behind the scenes to manage everything that they have to manage like compliance and accounting and so on sure. but still give the customer the the perception and make it true that they're in charge yeah you know that's a great point maybe we divide this up into two pieces let's talk about that cons the customer driven model itself and if you really think we've we've thought a lot about this i mean bramasol brings uh, 15 plus years of experience working with companies um, you know, our heritage has been in, in revenue accounting and in transformation uh, for companies to take advantage of SAP. And what we've seen is more and more of them moving uh, to this new digital solutions economy type models. 
But what we've learned is while engaging with them, we learn more about what their customers want and even what we're seeing in the marketplace, whether you look at Bain or McKinsey or the big four, lots of different surveys out there. And we've, we've thought about it in five, six different uh, categories. The first one is customer engagement. The customer wants a model where they can engage with you on their own terms. Uh, whether it's through whatever device they want, whatever time they want, um, anonymously or recognized, and, and, and they want to engage. And once they've engaged, they want to learn about what they can buy. Uh, and they want to be in charge, Jim, as you so well said, of the bundles. You know, I know that I can't stand the fact that, that Comcast dictates to me what bundle I can get. I want to go on and choose the channels I want. And wouldn't it be super cool if I could do that every month, have an opportunity to change the mix of channels that I wanted because I wanted to watch different things uh, and then be able to set that up, order that, and then um, have that flow directly into the billing and invoicing. And so, you know, as a customer, I don't want to receive a million different bills. I want one bill and I want you to show me what I bought, what I got, um, any credits that I might have, some special deals, but I want it all in one place. I don't want your system problems to dictate how I get a bill. Yeah, and, and just to, if I can interject a note on yeah. that, is um, we hear this term disruption a lot um, yeah. in the marketplaces. And like you mentioned, Comcast, they're going to get disrupted. They're already getting disrupted by over-the-top streaming services that are trying to satisfy those uh, desires of the customers. So yeah, the old guard companies, if they don't move, they're going to get disrupted and maybe go out of business. Yeah, and you know, um, we can we'll, we'll talk about that in another video. Maybe we can or audio. We'll talk about disruption in some areas. I think that's a great point because you have, you know, people like my kids who do streaming, uh, and traditionally we think of streaming as as services like Hulu, right? Um, but my daughter and son subscribe to something called Crunchyroll. They are anime fans and that's what they do. That's the content they want. And they will subscribe to that service for a period of time while they binge watch the six or seven shows they want to binge watch. And then they're done with that, right? So it's a different disruptive model. Now, in between that, of course, you have this issue of, okay, well, how do I fulfill? How do I deliver all of that? Uh, and customers want it when they want it, how they want it. You know, I know that if I go online for a service as simple as Chewy, right, who does pet food, um, I order the pet food for my family, my mom's family, my sister's family. Just because we have a joint count, you get discounts. But I want the food sent to different locations. And I want the timing to be the timing I want, not the timing you have. And so how do you manage that process? Um, and when it comes to electronic fulfillment, it becomes even more challenging. As I mentioned, companies like Adobe, but think of gaming companies where you buy something all up front, you pay for the game of the year edition, um, or you pay for you know, some special edition, and then you have entitlements to either buy at a discount or get free content as it becomes available. How do you manage all of that? Um, payments and collections, you know, I... I want to be able to pay how I want, when, you know, kind of when I want, right? Do I want to pay monthly? Do I want to pay quarterly? Do I want to pay all up front for a discount? If I pay cash, do I get something different than if I do it through an ACH or a credit card? And we're also seeing a lot more people wanting to use things like um, PayPal, 
or ePay or other tools that are out there, iPay, right, for Apple Pay or all of that. And how am I enabling that and giving them flexible terms for that? And finally, you know, um, make sure that, that you're taking care of the taxes, you're taking care of all the issues. That's not a thing for me. I don't care. Don't, don't bring it up to me. Don't care, don't care. It's not my thing. So again, you know, Jim, when we talk about the customers being, they wanna be in control of the circle or in control of all of the aspects, but they also want you to respond to them and provide the information they want and need over that time frame. Right. And, and as you said, they want that all to be transparent. They don't want to hear about your accounting issues or right. uh, compliance issues or anything. Exactly. That's all in the background. That's, that should be transparent. They just want what they want, when they want it, how they want it. And they want to pay for it the way they want to pay for it. Exactly. To the second part of your question is, so what the heck does that mean for companies that might be listening to this and thinking about this? So we've set it up again to mirror that uh, process of the customer engagement model that we believe is six spaces. We've thought about this from six different perspectives. And we came at this because of our deep background in um, revenue accounting, treasury, and leasing. And all of those relate very clearly to you know, um, order creation and management and delivery and fulfillment, and to a limited extent or some increasing extent, customer engagement. Uh, so I'll walk through and, and think about this as, again, that same circle or approach, which is starting with customer engagement. As a company, you need a highly flexible customer-driven model, not a highly flexible you-driven model. You need it to be more flexible to react to what's in the marketplace and give you that flexibility. And of course, we love it if you're on the SAP Intelligent Enterprise um, you know, with SAP S4HANA, because we believe that it's the S4HANA, the power of S4HANA that really allows you this flexibility. So for example, you can choose multiple engagement models um, with customers, whether you choose to use an SAP tool as SAP C4C, uh, or any of those CRM tools. But if you choose to use another tool like salesforce.com, that's okay. Um, we can work with that. Um, and, and when you're engaging, you wanna link it to the order creation and management and use various tools from SAP, whether it's uh, solution order management, um, SAP CPQ, configure price quote, uh, SAP CLM tools, SD, um, or again, you know, other tools that might be out there for uh, price quotes. Um, and integrating that with your delivery and fulfillment, you want all of that integrated to have a unified view of your customer that then feeds your billing and invoicing systems in SAP FICO uh, or convergent invoicing and billing that can bring you know, multiple billing systems. Uh, what we're finding is many customers who come to the table um, have proprietary systems that they've built for all of these. I know when I was at AT&T, um, we had proprietary systems. That was part of the value we brought to the table, you know, with, you know, a hundred and some odd years of, of insights, we had some value to that equation. So you had to kind of integrate into that. And, you know, hand in hand with billing and invoicing comes your payments and collections. And with SAP's treasury solutions, you know, we have deep, deep expertise. And how do you link uh, and support all of this from an ARAP 
perspective and ensure that you're lowering your, your, your day's sales outstanding and your day's inventory? Um, how do you integrate it into your financial reporting and manage your cash? Because it has a huge impact on cash management, right? And finally, you know, we all know that we need to be compliant. Uh, and compliance C or compliance can be anything from standard revenue accounting, which is ASC 606, revenue rec. Um, but there's a lot, of el a lot else out there is GRC, governance, risk, and compliance to ensure you're not being hacked, that the data not only for you is secure, but the data for your customers is secure. Um, and that's something I should have, you know, mentioned, Jim, in the beginning. You know, the other thing is, Customers want a secure interface with you. So we need to make sure we manage that too. Um, and then core security workflow. How do you make sure you have segregation of duties and all of that? And the beauty is SAP provides all of this. We bring a perspective and deep expertise to that along with an ability to help you using RISE to move quickly to SAP uh, platform. Uh, great tools such as SAP Fiori and the built-in analytics from SAP Analytics Cloud and our tools to provide you the insights that you can take action on each of these. That's, that is a great overview. We only have a couple more minutes left in today's session, but um, I'd like to get your take on uh, companies that are listening now that know they want to get into digital solutions economy offerings um, we'll have future podcasts that drill down deeply into a lot of, uh, the, of the six aspects you talked about, but just from an overview standpoint, how should companies get started? How should they engage with Gramasol to understand where they are and kind of map out the path forward? Jim, what we recommend is the first thing is to do is to sit back and think about the fact that the digital solutions economy is here. It's not going away. It's not a fad created by COVID-19. It is a fundamental change in the way you will have to engage with your customers. So the first thing is understand that it's here, understand that there's an impact to you. Next is get with a partner like Bramasol or a partner who has expertise in this space and start thinking about different customer models, whether you choose to do it holistically and approach this as all one, one thing, or you can divide it up. And in future podcasts and other areas, we'll talk about different approaches companies have taken um, to just picking on individual components of this. Maybe you want to improve the ability to, to put offers out in the marketplace more quickly. And therefore you need a way to um, link your order creation and management together with your revenue accounting to ensure that you can uh, reduce the amount of time to market in, the, in that space. So recommendation number one is digital solutions economy here to stay, not going to go away. It, you know, figure out how you need to go. Engage with a partner like Bramasol uh, who has thought leadership and has deep experience in this space. And then get your core team together and take little bites take chunks, take pieces and, and, and you know, work on that as you begin to improve your uh, model. That's great. Uh, and uh, John, I'll make sure that on the transcript page for this podcast, I include some of the links to the deeper resources and okay. webcasts and other aspects so great. that people can get a broader view. This has been great. I'm sure we're going to talk more about the digital solution economy in the future, but thanks very much for your time today. My pleasure, Jim. My pleasure. Uh, Have a good day. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Bramasol's Insights to Action podcast series. 
We hope that you found it helpful. To ensure that you never miss a future episode, you can subscribe to Bramasol at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Bramasol and detail on our solutions for compliance optimization and financial transformation, please visit www.bramasol.com or email us at info at bramasol.com.